1: The latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo
2: Pochett. Raider Nation, welcome. It is time for Silver and Black. Today, the first post game edition of the 2023 season, Raiders blast the 49ers. We're going to talk about the game, and I'm not just doing it by myself. I hope you guys had a good time. I bring in live from Allegiant Stadium, my good friend Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. And as soon as I get his audio up, you'll be able to hear him here. Murph, how you can doing, you man? Him? You guys, uh, you guys can have. Him? Can you hear me, Murph? Uh oh, we're we're still they're still moving oh, the I camera around.
1: I Just started. We just started. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Oh.
2: Can you? He can't hear us, but set we'll, we'll, we'll we'll get to Murph here in a second uh, when he gives me the high sign that he's ready to go. There he is. Got him. You got you. Got me, buddy. No, I got you. I got you, Scott. All right, there we go. Now we can get to talking. How you doing, man? Technical Yay! stuff on You're my fantastic. side. And then, and then I, I heard you guys having a little discussion there about getting the camera and everything turned off.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're ready to go. The 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 Allegiant Stadium security is eyeballing us, giving us a little bit of side eye, but I think we're good. The fans are throwing things at me. It's it's look, geez, look at this. Hey, look at you can get a Raider water bottle here at Allegiant Stadium. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go. You're all set. All right, Murph, we look at this game. Uh, I mean, geez, from the get go, right? You you go into a preseason game. And of course, you guys were out there for a, another reason, too, which we'll talk about here in a second. But you go out there for a preseason game and, you know, you expect to see some guys. You're not really looking at uh, something spectacular. But uh, let me tell you something. The Raiders, first, we'll start with the defense, because I think coming out early on, this Raider defense set the tone were swarming around the ball, did everything you want to see a Raider defense do and improve Raider defense, turnovers, uh, swarming, tackling, sacking the quarterback five times, right? Tell me a little bit your first initial reaction and uh, what it was like there in the stadium with the fans around you.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, uh, unfortunately, there's always a contingent of the opposing team's fans here at Allegiant Stadium, unless it was like that game against the Chargers when we knocked them out of the playoffs. Thanks, Brandon Staley. Um, But aside from that, like, there's always a large contingent of other fans, so there was definitely a little bit of a sea of red, but, uh, you know, it got real quiet once our defense started making plays, and that young defense, man, like, I guess what the theme is around here, like, in terms of, like, the fans, like, we're all pretty fired up for this young defense. Like, I think they're performing way better than we expected uh, them to, and you know, like, the Raiders have caught a lot of criticism in this offseason as far as like their lack of moves but really it was just like a lack of like big names like they really have made a lot of moves and so far so far so good I mean I don't want to get totally overreactionary, but after the first quarter we pretty much expect them to win the Super Bowl
2: <laughs> i love it of course you do i mean that's 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 what you should do as a fan there's no question um but listen you look at the score of the game 34 to 7 let's start with a couple of of these guys and you look at of course josh jacobs still not in camp he hasn't signed that tender and so i wanted to see how zamir white will react and boy did he react well 13 attempts 43 yards and a touchdown and I had somebody say, well, that's not that great on Twitter. I said, yeah, but you have to understand if you look at the performance, watching Zamir White out there, some of the first, first downs he was able to get early in this game, that first drive when they went down and scored, uh, that was exciting to see him come out fired up and ready to go.
1: Oh, my gosh. And, you know, it's, um, you know, uh, my uncle always says, you know, down goes blood, so in comes Brady or down goes freaking, you know, Wally tip and here comes <laughs> Lou Derrick, right? Like, you know, you can lose your job in in sports. And, you know, it's amazing that, uh, you know, Zamir White has stepped up. I I know it's the preseason and I was joking earlier about getting, you know, a, a little too hyped up about the season. But, I mean, when you see, you know, young players and, and these young men really step up and perform amazing in, in, in a preseason game, I mean, the Niners are playing. I mean, yeah, they didn't have starters. They're in a lot of the starters anyways. Um, so, I mean, you know, I, I understand it within context. But ball is ball, right? Like, you can only play against the guys that are lined up in front of you. And when you have a young man like Zamir White show out the way he did, I think at a minimum, if he continues to do this, it might put a little bit of pressure on Josh Jacobs to get a deal done. I'm not saying that it's going to, like, you know, he's going to lose his job to Zamir White, but it might put a little bit of pressure on him to maybe get this thing going a little bit quicker than we are all hoping for.
2: Yeah, and Murph, I, I said this a couple times last week on the show. By the way, Kelly was dancing behind you uh, in his in – his, Kelly his Kreiner
1: Ross, by the way. We love yeah, Kelly Kreiner.
2: His, his, his Mo Plus Four t-shirt took the day for me. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yes. I loved it. We all appreciated that. But, yeah, I mean, listen, I said it last week. You know, you, you see that often where a guy – there it is. So there's Kelly Kreiner, my former co-host. <laughs> Enjoying the game. Thanks. Thanks to Murph had an extra ticket. Gotta love that. Um, But I said it, you know, you have a guy hold out for whatever reason. In this case, we understand why. But then you see the young buck behind him come up and start to perform well. Does that put pressure on Josh Jacobs? Maybe it may, it may not. But certainly if you're the Raiders, you walk away from today thinking, okay, you know what, he's off to a good start. And you keep giving him those carries and he's going to have a lot of time uh, and a lot of opportunity to to become the guy if he needs to in Las Vegas.
1: Absolutely. Not only did he have a great game, but Sincere McCormick had a heck of a game out there today. Uh, 47 out there, looking like Tyrone Wheatley for crying out <laughs> loud. Like, I mean, it was, it had an amazing game. And yeah, it was later in the in in the game. And I know there are a lot of players that were on the field in the second half, and especially later in the second half, that aren't going to make the final 53. But again, ball is ball. You got to be encouraged. You know, um, of course, we saw the Raiders last year go 4-0, right? And then we know right. what happened. We only won six more after that in the regular season. But I think what's so encouraging about this is that these aren't like these aren't vets this isn't josh jacobs like we saw in the preseason last year these are young guys these are guys that have only been in the in the league you know for a year or two and we're seeing them really step up and making huge impacts trey tucker was going to the you know the to the wide receivers that four to 89 connection might be the best one we've seen yet
2: yes absolutely and then uh you look at Cole Fotheringham um, a guy comes out and has a big day at tight end, right? Here's a guy out of the University of Utah so he's a, a Mountain right. West guy there right in Las Vegas uh, up the road from, from Salt Lake City. Uh, it was just good to see this because I'll tell you what I think Rich Gannon said it best on the broadcast, Murphy. He said, listen, yeah it's just preseason, but man losing is never fun, especially when you're trying to change a culture the Raiders, with a young roster with a lot of changes, quarterback other places. So now you come come out and not only did you dominate what I like to see the best or, uh, throughout the week murph was in the practices with the 49ers we heard the same refrain they were beating them up at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball then they come out against the niners today and do the same thing you got to walk preseason or no preseason second string third string doesn't matter this is huge for this team as they try to build confidence going towards the the regular season
1: Thank you. Yeah, uh, Scott, we're getting kicked out of Allegiant Stadium yeah. <laughs> by, by our good friend Ed over here. Uh, but, um, yeah, absolutely. The Raiders were definitely physical up front. You could tell that early on. Um, you know, they're absolutely dominant, really, uh, up there yeah. at that point of attack. Uh, talking about, like, a guy like Willis, number 99, had a great day today. We saw Malcolm Coots have a great day today. Even Amari Burney fresh in the line of scrimmage, man, at number 56. Like, a really, really impressive effort, uh, again, by these young men uh, on, on the front of the Raiders. Yes. Yeah, they make any leave. Yeah, Where do we gotta move up to? Okay, we just gotta move inside the club area. Okay, cool. Right. I'm, I'm still listening so, to you. All right.
2: So Mark's gonna move inside the club area and we're gonna we're gonna hold down the fort until he gets there. See, this is what happens. You got live video like this right from the stadium. But I, I really I really was pleasantly surprised. Obviously, you look at Samir White we just talked about and, and uh Fotheringham, the tight end, you talked about Cole. Uh, as did did um, Murph. But I also want to talk, and we'll get to Aiden O'Connell, right, because Aiden O'Connell had a great day. He went out there, and I know, again, you're playing against second. I'm not saying these guys are getting their yellow jackets or these guys are going to supplant starters, but clearly they have an opportunity to, to move up that depth chart, find time. And now Aiden O'Connell, I think, listen, he played – Almost the entire game, and then Chase Garbers comes in. No, no, no sense in playing Hoyer at this point. Um, as we get back to Murph now, who's in the club area, he's clubbing, uh, and we'll bring in yeah, Hoyer we're bringing. Yeah, we're in the. All right,
1: there. Absolutely, I heard in the Twitch Lounge. So, yeah, Twitch appreciate, uh, appreciate Fabricator. Yeah, our good buddy Fabricator Gilma IE with the tickets. Uh, we appreciate him. <laughs> <with us up. laughs> and, and we had shared out my Uncle Mosh. Yeah, we have. We have yeah, there we go. Jeff. You guys aren't
2: having any fun there or anything, are you? I mean, my goodness.
1: <laughs> Raiders fans are good ready. Scott, here is the preseason game. The Raiders love to win. You know what I mean? Everyone yeah. loves a winner, and uh, what a great way to start this season. I'll tell you what, even though it was a preseason game, Scott, the energy here at Legion Stadium is awesome. You know, During the National Anthem, we're all looking at each other and it's just like, you, you, you get chill bumps. I know it's a preseason. Again, I, I understand the context, of it, but it's so fun to have regular football back. I mean, yeah. this is what we love. And we can all fight on Twitter and we can argue about quarterbacks. We can argue about the defense and Josh McDaniels and Mark Davis and all the things that surround this team. But at the end of the day, when we all get together, there is no negativity. It's nothing but positivity in the room. Win or lose, and, and and you can really feel that energy here at Legion Stadium today. It's been fantastic. And of course, to play on the field, Scott. It was just awesome, man. We had we had such a fun time here today.
2: It was as you were as you were walking up to the club to sit and, and, and give uh, Jameson behind you some some free advertising. Um, gotta love that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now, now, now I want a whiskey, man. Like now you made me want a whiskey. Uh, But listen, Aiden O'Connell, Murph, give me your reaction to Aiden O'Connell, how he came out there as a rookie, played almost the entire game. And not only did he play, he was 15 of 18, 141 yards and one touchdown, 117 passer rating. Not bad.
1: Yeah, he was awesome. I mean, again, I've said it twice now. I'll go back to it again. Ball is ball. You know, it doesn't matter who's in front of you. You you know, when you're playing quarterback and you have the ability with the show, a little bit of a little bit of escapability. I think one of the big knocks on Aiden O'Connell has been like, oh, he's a statue back there. He can't move. I disagree. I mean, at least from what my eyes told me today, he certainly can move a little bit better than I expected, and he's tough. Like, the dude does not back away from pressure in the pocket. He's willing to stand in there. He's willing to take it, and he's willing to freaking dish the ball downfield. And dude was throwing dimes. Like, he was throwing darts down the field. And, like, how could you not get excited about that? We didn't even re- I mean, going into this thing, we didn't even know, like, who was going to start, how long they were going to play, obviously, all that kind of stuff. But the idea that, man, that, like, he went in there and dominated in, in terms of quarterback play in the first half like it was so freaking awesome and encouraging to see and like I mean I don't know if this guy's going to be the future of our organization or not but man I'm telling you again within context today was fantastic and he played awesome
2: yeah, I mean, it, it was it was surprising to see because yes, he's not the most mobile quarterback, but what impressed me the most, Murph, was how in 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 charge he was. He was calm in the pocket. The, the, the offensive line did a great job of protecting him for the most part. And when he had when he had to step up in the pocket, he stepped up in the pocket. And even under pressure, he avoided a sack one time and got a pass off for a nice little uh, screen down the right side. So so you like to see that right I think there's you started to feel I don't know how you describe it cuz you're always good about this but the feel around the team how did it feel for you in the stadium there and kind of how it might be a different vibe around them now
1: yeah, you know, there's definitely a different energy. Um, you know, I, I just got done bragging on Raider Nation and the feeling of being here at Legion Stadium. And that, of course, is consistent. Every game I've ever been to here at Allegiant Stadium, it was consistent with, with the way it was in Oakland. It's a different energy than Oakland, but it's not a bad energy. It's just a little bit different. Uh, but the energy on the sideline, and you and I and Mo talked a lot about this last year, the demeanor on the sideline, the, the, the body language on the sideline, the level of interaction or lack of interaction by players, by leaders on this team. Um, And I'm not going to name names because I want to get into that freaking mess, but you guys know what I'm talking about. There was a different feel to this Raider team last year, whether it was a preseason game or it was week three against the Titans or it was against the Patriots and whatever week that was when Chandler Jones spiked Mike Jones's face into the core of the earth. There's a different feel on the sideline already, and you can see it. You can see it, Like, even postgame, you saw what, Ma- what Max Crosby out there leading the charge leading the players onto the field, you know, d- d- dabbing up, you know, a guy like Clee Farrell, a former teammate, but others as well. Like, you can just see the leadership and the energy. It seemed more, again, I want to say these things without being disparaging of someone else or other players that aren't around anymore. It was much more cohesive. Again, I'm like, you. it's body language and like reading a room and a crowd. When you watch that team on the sideline interacting with each other, it was much more, it was much more seen camaraderie for lack mm. of a better term than we had seen in the past was, again the level of interaction and not even just with with players amongst themselves but with coaches it's alumni are here today so we saw freddie Belenikoff on the sideline before the game started of course rod martin's here and jim plunkett and mike haynes and you got so many Raider legends here everyone is collective and, and it And like, and all talking to each other, like it's it's. There was no one person on the sideline. There was no showing frustration or pointing a finger or calling anybody out. It it was all about this team. I'm telling you, it was it was really encouraging to see Scott. That's that's
2: great to hear. And and I just get the sense, you know, for those of us watching from a distance, you know, I know a lot of the folks uh, on Twitter and the Twitter watch party were. We're really overly concerned about the red shirts in the the stands, obviously, a lot of 49er fans. uh, And I think you you win and that'll change itself uh, over time. So we'll have to see how that goes. But that whole camaraderie, that chip, and just the way this team played, I thought the energy, especially on defense, was a whole different level, right? You made changes at all three levels of those defense. And besides the whole continuing at linebacker, um, I thought these guys, did they play perfect? Of course not. It's preseason. But overall, did you have the same impression I did, that you just you felt a different intensity? I mean, that that defensive front was excellent. and, and was creating pressure from the very get-go.
1: Yeah, you could definitely see that, like, you know, the, the three levels of the defense had started to complement each other. I, listen, I, this might be my Raider fanboy coming out. This might be just my, you know, eternal optimist coming out but I think that there's a really good opportunity for this Raider defense to step up, and I think they're going to be sneaky good. Like, I I really think that we as fans have underestimated a lot of the moves that the Raiders have made this offseason. And, and I mentioned his name earlier. 56 stood out today. Amari Bernie, Bernie sixth-round yeah. draft pick, stood out today. Like, so if the Raiders can get that kind of production in the regular season and what they saw today out of a player drafted that late, like – you know, I mean, I know we've had some late-round hits. I know we've had Max Crosby. and we, I know we've had some hits in the later rounds, but that have those kinds of impacts along with what we think are going to have good impacts with guys like Michael Mayer and guys like Tyree Wilson. I mean, my gosh, man, I'm telling you. Like, I, I say it every year. Like, when the Raiders have struggles, I thank them for relieving me of the burden of expectation. I feel like, okay, like, we, can, I don't have to worry about them making a playoff. I can just kind of show up on a Sunday and enjoy the game. This I feel the opposite. I feel the opposite about it right now. I feel really good about this Raider defense. I feel really good about the team in general. And, again, just to go back to the energy and just the chemistry of the team, I think it's, fun, it's fantastic. And you can feel it. It's palpable. You can feel it here. You can feel it amongst the fans, and you can certainly see it on the sidelines.
2: That's awesome. And every time we've talked to you from a game – where you gave us a read on that, you've been dead on. I mean, you, the teams kind of followed suit with that. Uh, of course, back home in Tennessee when you were there last last year, and that didn't go too well. So, so yeah. we understand it. Yeah, that was rough. So I'm glad. I'm really glad to hear that. We're going to step aside for just a second. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna. I want to talk to you about what else you were out there for too. Uh, with oh, we're okay. Dad. So don't go anywhere. Uh, you are listening and watching Silver and Black today, uh, the live edition. The Raiders thirty four seven winners over. The 49ers, we're going to come back right after this break with Murph one more time, and then we'll close out the show as I get into the chat with you guys. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this.
2: All right, here we are. We're back Silver and Black today, the post-game edition. Raiders 34 to 7 winners over the 49ers, right? The former Cross Bay rivals, no longer Cross Bay, but still uh, Raider fans do not like the 49ers, and so uh, you can take solace in the fact that they beat the heck out of them. But Murph, before we get into some of the other stuff, I want I want to just talk to you about some of these stats, right? I know it's only one game through through the preseason, but the Raiders, uh, if you look at it in the red zone, remember the problems in the red zone. Today, oh my four gosh. of four, four of four in the red zone and three of three at on goal to go, which the Raiders also had problems with over the last couple of years as well. So you get to see that as well. You get to see that the penalty is only three for 27. doesn't matter. You want to see your team start off right. Um, but you look at that and you, you start to see it felt like even though it's a preseason game, it felt like a
1: really clean game for this team yeah absolutely and it, and it looked it too you know again you go back to that whole chemistry on the sidelines it seemed like the coaches were in command we didn't see the scrambling we didn't see some of the like you know the, i don't know if there was the word or not I might just be inventing it but the verbality of things like you know you just it seemed like a lot more in control and a lot more concise um with the way that things were being executed on the field and the communication level um it seemed like at times a lot last year there were communication challenges you know whether that you know whether that be plays that were getting called in and challenges out of or what the coaches wanted versus what was being executed. A lot of there was a lot of, I think. Um, I don't want to again, I don't want to call any any one or anything out, but there was these challenges around that. It seemed here in the preseason, yes, I understand it's preseason game, and I understand that these teams have been playing each other all week long and the joint practices and all that, but it just seemed clean. It was a very clean, well-played, and well-executed game by not only the players, but the coaching staff as well. And you know, that was such a hallmark of the opposite of that is such a hallmark for this team for a long long time like we didn't have that like it was chaos it was controlled chaos right yeah. for so many years and so many different versions of the raiders when you go back back in the day you know that controlled chaos the raiders would still win through that anyways but then unfortunately we ran into a, a, a patch now over 20 years where only aside from a couple of blips on the radar we hadn't had much success so to see that now though to see the structure i guess that's the best way to put it you yeah. see it structured Organized, well executed, like that gives you faith, right? Because it's like, you know, that's what the, the best teams do, right? And I know people hate it when we talk about the damn Patriots, but that's what they do. They're well coached, right?
2: <laughs> well, and it's different. I- I'll name names. I mean, the Derek Carr thing look, it's the first time they've taken the field and they haven't been led by Derek Carr. So, of course, it's going to be a little different. It's not, not putting blame on him. They didn't play well because he wasn't there, but it's a different mentality. It's a different leadership. Uh, and, and not having him there and having a different kind of regime on the field, too, is in addition to the front office. It's just it's a different feel. So, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, Obviously, Derek played well in his debut in his new town today. So that has nothing to do with it. But I think you're right. I think when you're trying to change a culture now, you've got a long way to go, of course. But you want to start off on the right foot. And the Raiders over the last several years have not always started off on the right foot. So, so I love that. Uh, okay, Murph. Now, the other thing I want to talk about is you were out there with our good friend Josh Carmite from Raider Dad. Okay, if you're not familiar with Raider Dad, you can get the link in the description of the video here. I will add it later after we're off the air. But uh, talk a little bit about you guys, what you did today out there with Raider Dad, uh, and how it ties in with the One Nation Foundation.
1: Uh, thank you for asking. Yeah. So we had a great event since t- this morning. We, uh, we met up with, uh, with Josh Kamenite and the Raider Dad folks. Uh, that was out at Lot H. We had a nice tailgate out there before the game started. And, uh, Raider Dad is an amazing nonprofit. Um, we, our nonprofit, which is the One Nation Foundation, uh, we support various Raiders related charities and Raider Dad is the newest one that we've taken on. Uh, to support, and it's a really cool organization that uh, takes young kids to Raider games, but not only takes the kids, but it takes them with their parental figures, and it creates not only connections and bonds with their uh, you know, with their families, but they do it through the Raiders. And you know, when you look at a, a town like Las Vegas, who's uh, like you, you talked about earlier, like there's a sea of red at times uh, in, in today's game, and and that's been the story of the Las Vegas Raiders a lot. Is that opposing team fans come to these games? Well, how can you how can you combat that? Is by raising up young Raider fans, right? And what? But that's kind of the secondary point. The the primary point is that. They're, they're connecting kids with their families and providing experiences for these underprivileged families that wouldn't have an opportunity to do that um, you know outside of Raider Dad. So but not only does Raider Dad take them to a game. Like that's one thing it takes them to the Raider game, but they open up these tailgates and they have great folks like Jays Gourmet, Texas Roadhouse all these amazing entities that come together and provide a tailgate experience for these families. It's such a cool thing. And we've been so inspired by Josh and his work. It's starting to get the attention now of the Raiders themselves. He, you know, he's on the local news. Now he's in the local paper. It's starting to kind of rise up and uh, we couldn't be prouder to be on board with the Raider dad folks. And, uh, and we're, we're looking to, to really like, we want to, we're going to continue our relationship uh, with Josh and with the Raider dad folks and, and, and support them in even bigger and bigger ways through our foundation, the One Nation Foundation. So just an incredible event. We had a, we had a blast. Everybody was so amazing. Great Raider fans. of bet Harry Ruiz, shout out Harry, came out and supported uh, – the Raider Dad folks and, and always get a good time catching up with him. And, and so, yeah, it was, it, was a, it was an amazing event. And so uh, if you can uh, support the Raider Dad folks, RaiderDad.org, um, or you can support the One Nation Foundation, uh, and which we, we are supporting Raiders-related charities like Raider Dad and the Bulletin the Cops and, and various others.
2: Oh, that's awesome, and and go check out on Twitter if you can, or on their Facebook page. Go uh, like the Raider Dad Facebook page, and you'll see all the pictures from today's event. And they do this at every Raider game, so you got to make sure you check it out, guys. It's it's really cool, and, and the fact that you guys are involved out there is also uh, fantastic as well. Uh, all right, Murph. Well, listen, man. Thank you so much for doing this. My 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 uh, best to to Uncle Mosh, and of course to Swag Jeff. And uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. There it is.
1: <laughs> t- t- all t- right, absolutely. T- 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 and your t- t- boy Kelly. 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 <laughs> 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 oh my goodness! Yeah. It's all good. Right. All the games are. Right. Thank you for having us, Scott, man. It's, it's it, again, always awesome joining you. And thank you for your platform. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us and with the One Nation Foundation, Raiders Fan Radio, Raider Dad, all the things that you and Mo do. Uh, we couldn't uh, we couldn't thank you guys enough. And uh really appreciate it. And, and, and hey, I'm, I'm fired up for this season, man. I can't wait. and can't wait to join you guys after the game.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Again, Murph, make sure you follow them on the of course, Raiders Fan Radio. Check out their show on YouTube. It's a blast. I, 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 I fall over laughing about four or five times every show because it's such good stuff. And then, of course, uh you just set a record, man. The other night was it over sixteen hundred dollars?
1: Yeah, we raised sixteen hundred and fifty dollars auctioning off a of jersey. We auctioned off a of Bo Jackson autographed away jersey, and a hundred percent of the money that we raised with our with our show uh goes to the One Nation Foundation. So that's whether that. You know, merch sales, advertising opportunities, giveaways, you know, anything that we get, uh, we get, we get uh, from the foundation to Raiders-related charities. And so, yeah, we were really, really proud, really thankful, most importantly, uh, at the generosity of Raider Nation. It's absolutely unmatched. And when we say this thing is family, it ain't a joke. It ain't hyperbole. Like, this really is oh, family.
2: Absolutely. Great work, guys. All right, listen, safe travels
1: home, and we'll talk to you next week. Uh, hey, Scott, I just got one more thing for you before we yeah. go. <laughs> <Let's
4: go!
2: laughs> ah, getting the club going. I love it. Take care, man. <laughs> all right. There you go. That was Murph live from Vegas. Oh my goodness, man. Just good good stuff there. And we certainly appreciate him uh doing that and appreciate all you guys out there in the chat. I'm gonna get to some of the chat uh in on the YouTube page here. As well, when we come back, also trying to get Mo to come on. Mo is done with his own post game, and I'm trying to get him to come on here. So give me a second. We're going to take a quick little break. We come back. We'll roll on here with the post game show. Raiders, 34-7 winners over the 49ers. We'll be right back.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
4: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today.
2: Welcome back. Silver and Black Day homestretch here in the post-game show. The more we get a little longer during the season, but this is a show uh, that we take a look at uh, after the games, right? So usually Murph's with us. And just because, you know, he's he's, he's a big star, but sometimes he can make time for us. And that is uh, my usual co host, my partner here on this show, and that is Mr. Mo Moten, who joins us. Just finished. Let's help. Look, look at this guy as a trooper just finished the Bleacher Report show. By the way, nice t-shirt you got on there. Um, If you're watching on YouTube. Um, (laughs) Mo just finished up his Bleacher Report post-game show. We just finished up with Murph. So Mo, uh, tell us, give us your initial reaction. I know you shared it with the Bleacher Report audience, uh, but share it with folks here on Silver and Black today. Raiders performance, 34 to 7. I got a lot to say about it. What do you have to say?
5: Two things stuck out to me. The defensive line, and, of course, the new number four, Aiden O'Connell. A lot of, a lot of Bleach Report use, uh, users very, still very skeptical. And I understand that. The Raiders went up against the 49ers' backups, second, third strings. I understand that. But when you're a team that just went 6-11 and 11, and the way things went for the Raiders, mm-hmm. you have to take baby steps. And what you're looking for is those positives to carry over from every step. So you heard about the buzz about the defense all the way back to rookie minicamp and OTAs. Then you heard about it again. This looks like a different defense at training camp. Then you heard it again as the joint practices with the 49ers went on. This looks like a different defense. Guys are playing with a chip on their shoulder. Different mentality. A lot of fans said, hmm, I want to see it in a real game. And you got to see it. And, and as I said, it is the preseason. It is against backups. But what you want to see are those baby steps. And good habits come don't come from out of nowhere. It has to start somewhere. And it starts at practice. It starts in preseason. It starts exhibition. I understand it didn't translate last year. The Rays went 4-0 in the preseason and meant nothing because they went 6-11 in the season. I get that. But in the second year under Josh McDaniels, in the second year under Patrick Graham, who I tweeted, said there was a report from Big Taper saying that Patrick Graham simplified the defense, and that's why you're seeing the Rays force more turnovers. That's why you're seeing more production out of guys on the front end and the back end. So I'm waiting to see if that translates. Him simplifying the defense, leading to more play. So – what you saw today, graded performance, considering the circumstances, a preseason game got some 49ers with their backups, but it's exactly what you wanted to see because, listen, Jimmy Garoppolo may be healthy now, but his injury history says the backup is going to have to play three to five games, and it looks yeah. like Aiden O'Connell right now could be at least a fill-in starter. I'm not saying he's rookie of the year. I'm not <laughs> saying he's going to be Pro Bowl or a rookie pro bowler. I'm saying is that what you want is a young guy, able and capable – of filling in if Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, I think Jim, I think Aiden O'Connell showed he could possibly do that this year.
2: Yeah, and we're we're going to work on Mo's audio there just for a second. But I will say this to you because you talk about Aiden O'Connell, and we did a poll up on the YouTube channel, Mo. Uh, what was your favorite part of today's win versus San Francisco? Aiden O'Connell's performance, the defense's performance, or Zemir White? Fifty-seven percent chose Aiden O'Connell. So obviously he's stuck in the in the in the mind of fans and it's hard not to. Like you said, it, yes, it's a preseason game, but as I talked about with Murph in the first two segments, particularly Mo, this is important anytime you go play on the field of play. It doesn't matter if it's preseason and 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 you you win, you lose. You don't ever want to lose. You want to win, especially when you have new players at all three levels of defense. You have a new quarterback in there playing most of the game in Aiden O'Connell. Uh, it's important for a team like the Raiders who are in a quote-unquote rebuild. To go out and perform well every time they can. Um, looking at that, looking at the offensive line, looking at how they dominated from what we read throughout the week against the 49ers in practice on the line of scrimmage, because that's where you win ball games, folks, to see them do that in this game too was incredibly encouraging, I thought.
5: I think it was telling the fact that they back to A&O Kyle, that they had him out there for basically three quarters. You know, we we don't, as I said, if if Jimmy Garoppolo isn't able to play for whatever reason. I don't want to see Brian Hoyer at 30 years old get snaps now. Get your young quarterback out there. Let him learn and see what he's got. Yes, he's yeah. a fourth-round pick, but so was Kirk Cousins. Right. So was Dak Prescott. And I'm not saying that he's – that a and going to be one of those guys in his first year. But I think he showed a lot of positive flashes. Only three incompletions, and two of those were either drops or or catch that Trey Tucker should have had. Trey Tucker had a drop for first down. And he had a pass he had a catch on the sideline that wasn't really a catch. But other than that, I mean, you can't put that on Ian O'Connell. He was sharp. He did what he was supposed to do. Looked poised, didn't look like a rookie out there. And that's what you want to see out of a first-year guy. And a lot of people say, again, oh, it's just the preseason. Four nights had their backups in there. <laughs> yeah, but how did how did some of the first round quarterbacks look in the preseason against backup competition? Uh, yeah. Not so Br- good.
2: Not yeah. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud both struggled incredibly.
5: There, there, there were turnovers. There were some indecisive moments for some guys. A.L. O'Connell didn't have any of those issues today. So I think it's while it is the preseason, you have to keep it in perspective, understand that on even field competition, other guys that were picked way before him didn't look as impressive against backups or third stringers in their first game as as a pro, as you can say, in the preseason.
2: Yeah. And, and Mo, if you look at uh, Zamir White, too, at running back, because I thought I you know, wanted to really see how he came out and ran the ball. 13 carries, 43 yards, uh, one touchdown. And I, I talked about how I thought he looked very good, looked very efficient. Um, and I got some pushback from people. Well, he only had he only had 43 yards, but it's not the point. The point is, how did he run at key points on opportunities? Now, he didn't make the one fourth and one. And that's when a lot of people are like, see, we need Josh Jacobs. It's like, okay, settle down, settle down. And, yes, this team is better with Josh Jacobs. He's the reigning rushing champion. Any team would want Josh Jacobs in there. But it's important to see what Zemir White. Zamir White has to show in year two some nice progression. And so with Jacobs out, ho- hopefully only till the start of the season, the fact that he gets this amount of time and got the opportunity to run like that Tonight and will for the rest of the preseason is I think key for this team as well.
5: I'm gonna push back a little bit here, Scott, and, okay. and say that I, I wasn't I wasn't that impressed with Zimmer and White today. I, I know I get what you're saying. He showed burst at the beginning of the game, scored a touchdown, I get all of that, but he averaged three point three yards per carry. In the NFL, if you're not if you're not averaging four yards around four yards a carry, you're treading water. And 3.3 yards per carry with one run for, I believe, nine yards, that was his longest run today, is not impressive. I, w- I would say he was terrible today, but I- he didn't impress me at all. It-, it showed me that either, A, they need to call Josh Jacobs and offer him a Saquon Barkley-like deal, or, B, they need to bring in another veteran back. Now, we'll see what Sam McCormick is. He had some flashes, of course, for two touchdowns, one on the ground and one as a pass catcher. But Zemir White just doesn't do it for me. He, he was mediocre in my opinion. Now we may disagree there, but I just didn't mm-hmm. see it from him. Maybe on the, on on two runs early. But I think he's a running back that's very dependent on his, his on his offensive line. If his offensive line isn't playing at their at their best, he's going to struggle. Josh Jacobs is different in that sense where he doesn't need the offensive line to have their A game for him to have an A game. No. And that's why he's that's why he deserves big money. And but the reason i not gonna pay him that and the deadline pass, I understand that, but Today, what it showed me is that the Raiders are going to have to go with the true committee because right now, to me, Zamir White is just a guy. He's a jack. He's not anything special.
2: There you Didn't go. Impress him today. Well, I thought he did efficiently, and I say that just as a guy that's <laughs> going to sub in there. Now, of course, he's not Josh Jacobs. He's not in the same kind of class oh. Oh. as Josh oh. Jacobs. So, so I get that. I don't disagree with you on that point. On the other point, I thought he looked good early uh, for the first three drives uh, before. He kind of gave way to to some other uh, play calling going on there, but anyway, I think I think you still need Josh Jacobs. Yeah, you got to get him there. Yeah, if course. you don't get him there, though, then what you're telling me, you you have to start to audition guys that you're going to replace him with eventually, right? So what you're telling me by what you've seen at least through one game, granted, is that that he's not the guy. So then the Raiders are going to have to draft a running back next year.
5: This is how I feel about it. Zemir White is going to be in the mix. He's going to get some touches mm. niche, though, this season. But I, I just—he's not the guy you're going to hand the ball off to 12 to 15 times and right. get you know anything close to a 100-yard game. You're not going to get that with 3.3 yards per carry. 3.3 yards per carry, Scott. Uh, if you get 15 carries at 3.3 yards per game, that's about 50 yards. It's a little over 50 rushing yards. It's just not enough. Like I said, the average decent running back in the NFL averages about 4 yards per carry. He was well below that today. He, yes, he looked explosive on a couple of runs. He had a touchdown, but the Rays are going to need more than that if they're going to balance this offense.
2: Sure, game. I'm I'm just not overly concerned with 3.3 in a preseason game. Um, I, I'm looking more at how he is running the ball, and I, as you mentioned early, I thought he showed he flashed some things there that make me a little more positive about it than you. And that's okay. That's good. We, we don't have to agree. You know, all these people, oh, you're wrong. No, we, we just disagree on that. And that's totally cool. Uh, one thing that we, I know we can agree on, Mo, is if you look at the stats from this game, and I mentioned this to Murph, because for a Raider fan and for those of you out there watching, it's shocking. The Raiders in the red zone, four for four. The Raiders on goal to go, three for three. I don't know when the last time that happened, even in a preseason game.
5: What you're looking for is production in the red zone, and the Raiders got that today. They were more efficient, obviously. Of course, we'll, we'll see if that carries over at all or if, if at all, but it was good to see them highly operated with you know, the striking distance of the score. And again, against backups, I get it, but it has to, the positivity, the, the good habits have to start somewhere, and, and why not start on the practice field? Why not start in an exhibition game. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But mm-hmm. again, I'm just saying, if they're going to be efficient in the red zone. They're going to need a little bit more. Not a little bit. They're going to need quite a bit more from Zemir White. If he's going to close drives, if he's going to be the finisher for that for that run game, they need a little bit more.
2: All right. So let's switch sides, Mo, uh, for the last few minutes of the show here as we do an abbreviated preseason game with Mo popping in on us. Uh, and that is the defense. You look at this defense from the get-go, this defense on the interior, I was I was really um, shocked at how well they played early on, especially coming out of the gate uh, and and really putting pressure. Now, Trey Lance helped them. Don't get me wrong, folks. Trey Lance um, played terribly. And the fact that the 49ers, the, the Raiders who know their share of terrible drafts, um, you, under, <laughs> you understand this? But they gave up a lot for Trey Lance, and the fact that Trey Lance Mo helped them out because he was so terrible, but even so, the interior of the Raiders' defense looked fantastic uh, and put pressure on the quarterback the entire game.
5: They set the tone from the beginning. I mean oh, yes, the from, Mo the, from the first back. From the first snap from the first <laughs> snap, um, the sack by John Jenkins set the tone for the game. Yeah. So from, from the very beginning, it was, it was just open the floodgates from there. So you want to see that from the defensive line. I think Max Crosby was speaking during the broadcast saying, look, uh, guys are flying around. Uh, it's good to see that. Young guys, again, who are battling for a roster spot on the back end. But there's some positivity there. If the defensive line can continue to apply pressure, then you'll see more turnovers on the back end. Now, of course, Amari Bernie, Duke Shelley, those guys have to hang on to their interceptions, the would-be interceptions to get those takeaways and turnovers but it's good to see the defensive line step up and swarm the the line of scrimmage and i said this i, I said looking at trey lance and aiden o'connell you would have you would have thought that trey lance was the guy who was the fourth round pick this year and Aiden o'connell mm-hmm. was the was the guy who had a few years in the league as a pro so i think part of that was trey lance was terrible but the other part of it is you got to give credit to the raiders defense uh they I wouldn't say they, they lived up to all the hype of, of the practices and what was going on at joint practices, but, but you like to see guys get some pressure on the quarterback consistently, not just on the play here or there, but consistently have the quarterback under duress, running for his life, and that's what Trey Lance was doing, because Trey Lance is not just a statue out there. He has yeah. some mobility, and the yeah. Raiders were able to track him down and bring him to the ground, so I think that in itself is impressive.
2: How about Darian Butler?
5: Darren Butler was all over the field. I like what he did. Curtis Bolton, I think, is a guy Curtis, that we need to talk big more turnover. about because
2: punch the ball out.
5: Vic Tafer, Vic Tafer said, and this is credit to Vic Tafer as he said this. He said Curtis Bolton is a different player this year, and and you're thinking, okay, he was a special teamer last year, didn't really contribute. Is he really? He goes out there and he and he plays up to the hype of the practices. He goes out yeah. there and punches the ball loose. Forces a turnover late in the game. Curtis Bolt can get on the field as a linebacker because I'm gonna say this. I said this on the BR live stream. Robert Splain's awful in coverage. They're probably oh, gonna have to take him off the field. They're probably gonna have to take Robert Splain off the field on third downs and put somebody else in there. I think Amari Bernie, if he could if he shows out in coverage or has, you know, a couple of pass breakups or a pick, maybe he can get that spot. Luke Masterson didn't do well in coverage last year. I don't think he's that guy you want on third downs, on the field on third downs. But between Curtis Bolton and and Amari Bryant, I think one of those guys has a chance to surprise a lot of people and just, you know, make, not only make the roster, but also contribute as a playmaker on defense.
2: Yeah, there you go. And I just thought overall, too, and and I said this to Murph earlier, Mo, and that is... I just love to see the intensity on the defense. The, the linebacking was you know, hit and miss here or there. You saw them on the field. They looked so small compared to what everybody else was out there, which shows you some of the issue there. But overall, I felt the intensity, the energy in all three levels of that defense, it was a different feel. I mean, did they play perfect? No, there were mistakes too. There were a couple drives that they really, I thought, fell down on. But overall, I saw some encouragement there too. That this this defense might be on the on the right road. They still don't have enough bodies, in my view. But overall, I thought that kind of intensity, the wrapping up for the most part. That a couple drives were tackling was sloppy, but overall, uh, I saw them. I think do better uh, than we've seen in the last couple of years.
5: Yeah. So there were some parts where I felt like you, they let go. They had they allowed too many yak yards. Too many right. too much yak in some situations where they needed to bring the guy down but overall i think it was okay um the main thing for me is i wanted to see the energy that a lot of the reporters said was present on the practice field and i can say honestly that i saw that mm-hmm. whether it was against backups or starters or third stringers or plumbers or or guys who whoever <laughs> whatever they do for a living I wanted to see that energy from the defense. I wanted to see if they were going to play with a chip on their shoulder, and they absolutely did. And and mind you, this is without Chandler Jones on the field. This is without Bilal Nichols on the field. This is without Max Crosby on the field. This is without Marcus Peters on the field. So the Raiders aren't playing their starters either. But the fact that their young guys look look pretty impressive, I think, is encouraging. If you're a fan out there who wants some positivity to look at, if you're out there traveling cross-country to watch this team and spending money on this team, and you want something to look at and say, and you know what? That's something I can look forward to because as I said, on the on the BR last year, there are a lot, there were a lot of question marks and negatives this off season. Yeah. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be healthy? Is he going to practice Devontae Adams? Is he happy? Josh Jacobs, what about his contract? There were a lot of things that kind of anxious as a Raider fan. And then to see these young guys play the way they did to put all that in the rear view and say, look, we, we, we hear all the noise out there. We hear what they're saying about our defense. We hear what they're saying about our front office. We know Josh Jacobs isn't here. We know things aren't the greatest right now. We're coming off the of 6-11 a season, but we're trying to improve. Yeah. And as I said, it takes baby steps to move in the right direction. You're not going to go from 6-11 to being, you know, 14-3 in a Super Bowl contender. You have to take steps to get there.
2: You do. And you talked a lot about the idea that Josh McDaniels probably has a gimme year this year, but that he can't lose the rock- locker room or that could change. And again, one game sample size, just a couple weeks of practice here. And certainly the positivity you saw, the camaraderie, even even Murph said down sitting close to the field that he could feel it. It felt much different with the leadership at quarterback at different, different just different personalities, right? That's not a that's not a criticism of the former quarterback. That's just it's just a different feel when somebody else comes in and your culture changes. Uh, ultimately, does that work? Do you get buy-in? And it's an encouraging sign. We're not there yet. It's not not week one in the NFL yet, but it's encouraging to see that perhaps, to your point, Mo, that positivity that we've heard about, that energy we've heard about, is uh, is making its way into the field too.
5: Right, and and I know what some fans in the chat are saying right now. The Rays went four and zero. It didn't mean much because they went six and eleven. I I totally understand it. But sometimes it takes two years before players get used to a system. It takes two years mm-hmm. for players to be comfortable in the system. We heard that from Devon Diablo this offseason that he said, I wasn't, basically, he said, I wasn't comfortable last year. Now he's wearing a green dot, says he's comfortable. By the way, I would prefer to have seen Devon Diablo out on the field today. The Reds decided to rest him, that was their decision. But if you're a guy wearing a green dot, I think you need those reps, especially if you're a young guy. But that's besides the point. But as I said at the top, earlier in the show before i fixed my sound issue (laughs) that you sometimes it takes it takes some time for players to click and patrick graham has simplified his system came from a victim report that guys are flying around the ball now because patrick graham listened to the players and simplified certain things to to ensure smoother communication and execution because if guys are are not how should I say If guys are not in the right place, usually it's like, okay, I'm confused about where I should be in certain packages. Sometimes things can be too complex. I don't want Mm. to say too complicated, but sometimes things can be too complex. You heard this with Paul Gunther. If you remember the issue with Paul Gunther was he, he can drop the X's and O's, but he, he wasn't, he wasn't good at simplifying things to, so that players can digest it and execute it on the field. And I think Patrick Graham in year two is kind of learning that because I posted a piece, last week that said um, Logan Ryan was the guy. He said, you know, the Giants defense has struggled in the first half of the 2021 season, and then they had a bit of a changeover in the second half of the season where they were playing a lot better. And a reporter that I know very well, Patricia Trainer, said, what is the difference between the first and the second half of the season for the Giants defense? And he basically said, Patrick Graham listened to the players, and he simplified certain things. And I think what you're seeing between year one and year two, at least on the practice field right now, is that simplifying things. Helps guys make make plays. And I hope yeah. I hope that pans out in the regular season, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, it's uh, again, it's only one game, but but a good start for this Raiders team, especially I like the trenches, the trench wars. I thought the offensive line did well. We saw them move around a bunch of guys. Dylan Parham went out with an injury, had some people in the chat asking about that. We have not heard anything yet on that, unless you have Mo. I have not seen any report yet on his condition and how he's doing. Uh, but um, hopefully that's not a serious issue. You'd hate to lose somebody already. But but overall, we saw a lot of those guys. We did see Jermaine Illuminar play at right guard. Remember, he said he wasn't playing it in practice, and then uh, we saw him get out there with Mumford at the right tackle. So they were moving in, a bunch of different guys up front there, different combinations to see how it all looked. And overall, with the exception of a couple blown plays, uh, that offensive line protected O'Connell really well, which is why he had a chance to do that.
5: Right, and that was part of I think why Zamir White looked good on a, on a couple of runs. The offensive line did its job, opened some lanes for him, and and again, I think he and I said this earlier, I think he's more dependent than Josh Jacobs on his offensive line. Zamir White needs his offensive line to have their A game so he can have his A game. Whereas Josh Jacobs, he can have an A game even if the offensive line isn't at its best, and that's that's the difference between an average running back And a really good top tier one. So I I think with that offensive line, if you're if Zemir White is going to be your guy, if he's going to be your lead running back, he's going to be your lead ball carrier, your finisher. That offensive line has to be consistently good. And he has to be consistently pretty good at finding those holes and breaking off big plays, because if he's averaging less than three point five yards per carry, if he's going three point three yards per carry, that's not good enough. It's just not nearly good enough on the NFL pro level. And he it has to be – again, it has to be closer to 4.0. It has to be closer to 4.4 yards per carry for him to be a viable ball carrier in that offense.
2: Yeah, we'll see how it all goes uh, when the Raiders strap it up next week. And then we'll also see how practice goes this week and see if anybody got nicked up. Didn't see any other injuries. We saw Devontae Adams in the sideline and a sleeve on his uh, right leg. So we'll see how his injury is going – but he obviously has had a few days off, and I'm sure they'll give him a few a uh, few more off as well, and we'll see how Tyree Wilson is developing as well. Mo, this week, as we get back to work, uh, as the Raiders do, we're going to, on Tuesday, be joined by Vinny Bonsignor of the Las Vegas Review-Journal and get kind of his take on the game. We'll get our opportunity to watch the game again and look at some individual performances as well, uh, but we roll into it. But but overall, I thought, you know, as far as this team with so many unanswered questions going out there today, I, I saw some things that I liked. I saw some things that made me a bit more concerned. We talked about linebacker play. We talked about some of the things Uh, on offense, not only running the ball as well, but also what they're going to settle on up front on the offensive line. And then, of course, uh, on the defensive side, too, who's going to win out in the middle there. But overall, good stuff. We'll talk to Vinny about it on Tuesday, the next time you and I will be together. And then also want to tell everybody, send in your Raider Nation mailbag questions to mail at silverandblacktoday.com. That's mail at silverandblacktoday.com. Mo Mo and I will get to those in a separate show this this season as we get uh, forward to the the regular season. Mo, anything else on your mind about this game before we say goodbye to everybody out there?
5: Other than, I, I mean, I think I covered it. Defensive line was defense, Aiden O'Connell, and defensive line were the two most impressive aspects of this game, whether they're against backups or not. The two most, mm-hmm. those were the two things that stood out to me from right from the beginning, from the first sack for the 49ers and their first snap of the game for the <laughs> offense. To end up kind of only having three incompletions and looking very poised and comfortable in the pocket, and I was just waiting to see how that defensive front or the, the entire defense was going to look. And I, I don't think they lived up to all the hype of the preseason because it's hard to live up to the hype of yeah the Raiders had six to eight interceptions at practice. You knew they weren't going to get that in a in a, in a you know in a game. Sure, it was it just it's just not going to happen. But I think it was it was good to see at least one takeaway. Sam Webb got it. He was initially. Uh, behind the receiver i think it was ronnie bell and bounces off ronnie bell's hands and sam webb just happens to be at the right place at the right time so the 49ers got a fortuitous bounce off of uh, duke shelley's would-be interception oh, and yes. Dwelly scores a touchdown and then sam sam webb gets a fortuitous bounce off of um bell's hands to get his interception so it was good to see them get at least one takeaway before the game ended
2: yeah, it was good, and I love to see the guys punching at the ball, uh, creating those turnovers. We talked about that as okay. them as that being one of the the key kind of emphasis during training camp, and certainly in game one you saw that, so that's good. Again, like you said, it didn't always create a turnover, but uh, you saw them with that on their mind. They need to be able to do that more effectively, especially in that division, to compete.
5: Yeah, and, and I would say – And I said this on Twitter. I didn't get to say it on this show or on the BR Live show, that you can have two perspectives. While you can understand that the Raiders have a lot to prove and it has to go beyond the preseason, you can also be excited for the positives that you see in these preseason games because you can't sit there. Because if the Raiders have played poorly and they were terrible and they got stomped forty nine to zero. You would hear people say, oh, it's the end of the world, sky's falling." We're going zero seventeen. Fire Josh McDaniel's and clean house, right? Of course. But if it's a good, if it's a good, if it's a good performance, it's like, oh, it doesn't mean much. But if it was a terrible one, people would be pulling their hair out already after one preseason game. So you can't have it both ways. Does it mean something or not? And what I would say is that it's not everything, but it's not nothing either. Right. So you can't just completely dismiss it and say, "Oh, it doesn't matter." Guy, Remember, Derek Carr won his job in the preseason. Let's not forget, the last quarterback for this team of nine years won his job in the preseason. So you cannot mm-hmm. tell me preseason doesn't matter, right?
2: And it also sets the tone. You know, if you're committing a lot of penalties in the preseason, we saw it last year. The most penalized team in the NFL in the preseason went out the first three games of the year and were the most penalized team in the league in the regular season. So again, those things carry over the, the, the wins and losses, you know, especially if it's a close winner loss, like you saw again with the saints today with that game, um, that, you know, that was a close game back and forth. It was a good game for a preseason game, but they just barely, they lost by a field goal at the end of the game. But overall, you want to see that everything else is in line. Everything else is working and everything that you're working on in practice is at least showing itself there as well. So, it's all it's all good. By the way, before we get out of here, Mo, I have to get your comments on Kelly Kriner's shirt, which we had live on this show. <laughs> I was going to well.
5: bring it up. I was going to bring that up. That that was the most hilarious thing of the day. I, I'm about, <laughs> I'm setting up my Bleacher Report live stream, and I just look at my Twitter feed because I'm about to drop the link, and I see Murph next to Kelly Kriner, and he's got the oh uh, the Mo enforced shirt. On. Yes,
2: he's got the Mo enforced shirt. That was hilarious. Shirt. Yes, that,
5: that was hilarious. And the fact Kelly Kreiner, but if you're listening to this, Kelly, there are already people asking, where can they buy that shirt? And I, you have my blessings to sell the shirt, even though it's making fun of my fancy football record. You have my blessings. You can sell that shirt, make some money off of it. Do your thing, Kelly. It was hilarious. Continue to wear it, continue to rock it wherever you go.
2: And he was wearing a silver and black today hat, by the way, which was great. Um, but also, he 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 was wearing it around the concourse, and somebody somebody misidentified you on the shirt. They thought you were somebody else, which I thought was pretty remarkable.
5: Yeah, pretty I remarkable. saw that. I was, just, <laughs> I, you know, it, it's just I never thought I would see my face on the shirt, but here we are. There right. You are. So it. I'll oh, babys- be more as I said with the Raiders baby steps. I went from people not knowing who I am to now I'm uh, I'm the face on a shirt. So I love it. Positive thing.
2: I love it. Well, Mo dude, thank you. I know you're, you're going to be doing those Bleacher Report shows. I appreciate you. You popping in here as Murph and I went through uh, his deal from Allegiant Stadium, him getting kicked out of his seats during the middle of our show And then having to go into the club. Yeah, it was fun. It was a good time, though. We had a good time. Of course, Kelly walking in the background, holding up stuff behind them was fun as well. So, you know, we have have a good time here. But anyway, my man, I will talk to you again on Tuesday uh, for the show.
5: Right. And I'll just say this. while don't purchase your playoff tickets just yet, (laughs) but be excited for this. This is something you should be be excited for because, again, baby steps, positive signs. You look for that in the offseason, and that's what the Raiders gave you today.
2: Yes, and so uh, that's good advice. I know there are are people in the chat saying, okay, we're going to suck anyway, and that's fine. You can have that point of view. You've been through a lot of it, and they might, but you know what? Enjoy it while you can. I know it's preseason, but hey, what the heck? Mo, I will talk to you on Tuesday, my man. Sounds good. All right. Guys, thank you again for joining us here. This is our quick little sloppy pregame show, as you know from the beginning. Uh, But we will—we get rolling for the regular season as well. We will get this going. You'll be able to find it here on YouTube. Find it on Facebook. You'll find it on Twitter, Twitch, and also somewhere else. Instagram. Yeah, that's where you'll be able to get it. So you'll be able to watch us anywhere you get your live uh, video. But we certainly appreciate you guys being with us. And we look forward to talking to you on Tuesday. Again, Raiders 34-7 victors over the San Francisco 49ers. For our producer, Mike Robbie for Murph, from Raiders Fan Radio, for my co-host, Mo Moten, I am Scott Colbranson. Everybody, have a great Sunday evening, and we will talk to you on Tuesday. Take care.